1: The stupidity knows no bounds. Yeah, there's been a lot of stupidity going around for the last three months. First with the uh, Wuhan virus and now with the uh, rioting in New York. uh, They reformed the laws for bail, for example, which uh, means that when people are now arrested for looting or damaging property, they get right back on the street. That's part of the reform. And the defund police movement, defund police movement, is actually picking up steam, believe it or not. Uh, People who are saying that we should just get rid of police. You would think that somebody would just be laughed right off the stage when they say that, but apparently uh, there are people actually, and people who appear to actually have brains being taken seriously uh, when they say it. But this might be the dumbest thing I've seen or heard yet right here. Uh, not sure exactly where this happened, but it's on a city street. happened in the last couple of days. Three young white women are scrubbing graffiti off of a wall, and a woman, apparently black, uh, is seen and heard talking to them from the driver's seat of the car. You don't see her. You just see her view out the window of the driver's seat, and she's holding a cell phone, and she's recording everything on her cell phone. Now, this is 41 seconds long, and when it's over... You just might be a little dumber than you were before just from having been exposed to this. It just doesn't get any dumber than this. Listen.
2: Why are you guys removing Black Lives Matter's graffiti? We're just trying to take it. Yeah. We tried over there and it wasn't coming off. It's still in what was coming off. But why do you want that to come off? Well, I can't that's the federal building. Yeah, it's just the vandalism. But so you don't care about Black Lives then? That's not at all. That's what this. Do you care about uh, not enough to leave up a message
3: um, don't disagree with the message it's just on the building we're just trying to clean it great
2: right. not, not a great way to use your white privilege ladies. Not a great that's disgusting.
1: Oh, boy so really does it get any done than that? this is white privilege now to get up in the morning and see the building where you work or live or whatever with the, the words Black Lives Matter on it written on your building. And how long are you supposed to leave that on there before you're guilty of displaying your white privilege or racism? Uh, you're supposed to leave it there. So if, if tonight somebody comes by your house and paints uh, Black Lives Matter on the front of your house, you have to leave it there because if you don't, it's white privilege or something. We've already had a, a Pulitzer Prize winner whose name I forget. Uh, she said that breaking into a Target store and coming out with a 60-inch TV is symbolic taking. That's what it's called. Now people are being scolded and probably in this case considered racist for scrubbing graffiti off of a building. Now this person thinks that because uh, the message is so deep and powerful that it deserves to stay on the building permanently because that's what she thinks. It's stupidity like this that really destroys the credibility of legitimate complaints, and there are plenty of them out there. Kind of like having Al Sharpton show up for a memorial service, which he did today for George Floyd. And the stupidity is going to continue for a while. When we come back, we're going to talk to Ellie Buffkin. She's been a guest on the show uh, many times. Uh, She's been on the road this week in D.C. She works for the uh, uh, townhall.com and the Washington Examiner. She's been on the road this week in D.C., Baltimore, Philly, and New York, checking out what's been going on on the streets. We'll talk to her when we come back. Stick around. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows or Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows. Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsOrUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsOrUsPittsburgh.com.
5: Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issue and company and other factors. Not available in all states.
6: With all that's going on right now, the last thing you want to do is add to your stress. But credit card debt does that, doesn't it? Even though these are hard times and credit card debt can add up, you don't have to tackle it alone. Nonprofit Trinity Debt Management can help. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy to manage monthly payment put a stop to late fees and drastically reduce your interest you'll pay thousands less than you originally owed, it's not a loan it's a way to become debt free and possibly improve your credit score so call Trinity and talk to a certified counselor they'll explain their proven program to you with no pressure, just practical solutions and hope for tomorrow take away this added stress today and be there for your family if you're ready to pay off credit cards and less time for less money then pick up the phone and call for a free no obligation debt analysis and become debt free for keeps if your debt has you down we should talk call 1-800-990-6976 that's 1-800-990-6976
7: gold it's soaring are you missing it if you have an ira or 401k you probably are less than one percent hold physical gold we've been told by wall street it's for crazy people Really. What's crazy about an asset that beats stocks two to one? I'm Adam Barada, national best-selling author of the book, Gold is a Better Way, owner of Advantage Gold and Inc. 5000 member and highest rated gold IRA firm in the world. Gold is booming because gold is really about debt and global debt is a pandemic. If you have an IRA or 401k, I want to give you my book for free. That's right. Free. Text GOLD to 49776. That's the word GOLD to 49776. Learn why GOLD will outperform pumped up stocks from this point forward. Turn your IRA into a wealth growth machine. Text the word GOLD to 49776. It's time to stop being crazy. Text GOLD to 49776.
0: This is the John Stikerwalt Show
7: on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer
1: seems like there's still a lot of demonstrating and maybe some looting and uh, damage to go before this latest chapter runs its course really who knows what to expect this weekend well ellie buffkin is a columnist at townhall.com and a breaking news reporter at the washington examiner she's been on the show many times she's on the road right now visiting cities all week and she joins us now ellie thanks for being here
2: Thanks for having me john
1: so i just want to let you know um i'm do i'm working from home these days so i'm doing the show from uh my house and uh there's a a major thunderstorm around me with lots of wind and so if the power goes out and i all of a sudden disappear you'll know what happened and 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 my two dogs are uh sitting here and uh, one of them does not like thunderstorms so if you hear her Uh don't don't be alarmed so um so where are you now and where have you been
2: I am in New York City, um, just in the financial district, uh, not far from the Brooklyn Bridge right now. Uh, I came from Philadelphia yesterday, before that I was in Baltimore, and the day before that I was in Washington, D.C.
1: And uh, did you drive? I did. It's a short drive, I know. Uh, So you drove all the way.
2: but you break it up, it's not bad, yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so, so how does it look? First of all, in New York City right now, I mean, does TV do it justice? Have you seen the the damage? And uh, how, I mean, just what just yeah. give us an idea of the eyewitness?
2: It's uh, interesting. I think, in a way, in a way, that TV makes it look a little bit worse uh, than maybe it really is. I spent every minute of today out and about in the city, uh, checking out different neighborhoods. I walked from the Financial District all the way up to uh, 50th Street in Manhattan. And, uh, I saw a lot of graffiti. I saw a lot of, uh, you know, police presence, but what I did not see were a lot of protesters, um, until a little bit later in the day. And they're gathered in very specific areas. So most of the city is what I would say is going on as normal, except as normal right now is obviously, you know, still recovering from uh, you know, the pandemic, they haven't even entered phase one here in New York yet. So, no sidewalk seating or anything like that. Few places open, selling to-go and curbside uh, pickup food. A few retail shops also able to do that. Um, but for the most part, it's kind of a ghost town. Um, doesn't seem dangerous, but it's interesting. I mean, walking through Times Square, there's definitely some, uh, you know, interesting people who are willing to approach you very readily. And there's really no one around. It's completely deserted. So uh, it's when you say
1: approach, when you say approach you, do you mean approach you in a good way? No, <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> and I'm not so. talking
2: about. Yeah, these aren't politically motivated people. These are people looking to get something from you. Uh, this happened a few times in my brief walk through Times Square. I got a few people approach me and ask me for money, which I didn't have uh, cash on me, and uh, they didn't like that. And, and, and it kind of turned. I was with a friend, uh, fortunately, and and you know we were able to to uh, uh, you know avoid them. But normal times in in 2020, walking through New York this isn't something that you might feel unsafe doing, especially in a touristy area like Times Square. But as it mm-hmm. is now shut down and completely deserted, it is a little different. It's a little lawless. Uh, but that's what I'd say so is it, a you, major difference. you say
1: your, your friend was with you, but have you, or yeah. have you been traveling alone or have you had somebody with you the whole time?
2: Uh, I've been traveling alone. Uh, in New York, I met up with a friend who lived here uh, and he mm-hmm. was he accompanied me, uh, today in my, in my adventures out. But, uh, for the most part, I've been, uh, just uh, on my own.
1: Well, when you started out on this, uh, you're, you're living DC, right?
2: Uh, I live just outside of DC. Yep.
1: Yeah. So you, 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 uh, you've seen what's happening in DC and then you went to Baltimore, Philly and up to New York. Um, have there been any major differences that you've seen from town to town?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really interesting. D.C. was really unstable when I left. That was my first stop. And so obviously it was also um, the closest to the most violent nights, you know, that all of these cities had. So Hmm. things have petered out across the nation in a way. Um, So but yes, the very first night that I was in D.C., that's when the first day that uh, businesses knew that they needed to board up their windows and doors And so there was a lot of that going on. And there were already, you know, at three o'clock when I was walking around the White House, there were already, you know, groups of protesters amassing in Lafayette Park, you know, waiting to uh, confront the president as, you know, or as close as they could get. So that was that was kind of a a scary situation. You know, I am a journalist, but I'm also a woman on my own. And so, I, you know, I'm trying to be reasonable about uh, the amount of time that I spend out and the amount of uh, people that I interact with. So I didn't stay for too, too long in that particular area, just not knowing who was going to show up and, and you know, what was going to happen. Uh, but obviously, when I turned on the news later, I saw that it, it really devolved <laughs> uh, quite badly in D.C. Uh, once I got to Baltimore, things were completely different. It w- was very peaceful. And, you know, obviously, in 2015, following the Freddie Gray riot, uh, you know, kind of expect the worst from Baltimore. And uh, and that just wasn't the case. Unlike DC, which obviously attracted a lot of people from out of town, Baltimore was very much Baltimoreans marching peacefully for Baltimore, uh, which was, which was nice to see. Um, and again, I didn't, I didn't stay for the whole night. I know around midnight they set off some fireworks and a couple people got arrested, but that really was the headline news of their entire, uh, resistance movement, uh, over that, those couple of days. So that was great. In Philly, um, you know, I wrote an article about this woman that I encountered at City Hall who was incredible. And she she was a black woman who grabbed a megaphone and and just basically told all the protesters gathered at City Hall in Philadelphia that they were not representing the black people of America at all and that they needed to to shut up and listen. uh, I saw the video of that, yeah. Yeah, it was really moving. I mean, it was incredibly emotional for me to, to be there and listen to her and hear what she had to say. Um, it, was, it was not just moving, but just also so educational. And, you know, at that <laughs> she's up there speaking from her heart and talking about her experiences as a black person in poor communities in major cities. And there's this white protester literally sitting down on the ground. Jeering her the whole time, telling her she's a wimp, telling her she doesn't have any courage, and she doesn't know what she's talking about. To me, that was just—it was almost
1: laughable. It's a great uh, video. <laughs> where, where could somebody see that on your Twitter feed?
2: Uh, they can see it on Twitter. It's also uploaded to Town Hall uh, on the YouTube our our YouTube account, and it is embedded in the article I wrote about that. So if okay. you find my byline on Town Hall, and, and you can find that, you can watch the video through that.
1: Because the video is, is yeah, it's really uh, amazing because uh, you saw it in person. So f- seeing the video, all you see is this one black woman pacing up and down with a megaphone, and yeah. she's just blasting everybody who's there and telling him to, uh, you know, not just to, to shape up, you know. <laughs> and and then you say right. she's being heckled during while she's doing that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, by the by the handful of white protesters that were there, they yeah. were there because they were upset that the national the Pennsylvania National Guard had been deployed to protect the city hall and the municipal building. And uh, the protesters showed up to, you know, make them feel bad, you know, and she came to yell at them for yelling at the National Guard because she really wanted to defend the National Guard. You know, of course, the military is here. She said, you know, there's you people are rioting and, and breaking into our businesses and looting small businesses, and you're hurting the minority communities of the city, and we don't even know who you are or why you're here. You know That's why the National Guard is here. They're not here because because somebody was hurt by the police. That's not why they showed up. You did this. And that, I mean, that really was her point, and I thought it was very powerful uh, to listen to her and, and to listen to her passion.
1: Did you get a chance to talk to her?
2: I didn't I tried really hard, uh you know obviously <laughs> she kind of became yeah. popular very quickly, and people were angry at her, so when she ended. Very abruptly, uh, and as you can see in the video she ended quite on, on quite a note. <laughs> she,
1: quite a, f- a few uh, f bombs were included in her <laughs> yes, speech.
2: Language war, If you do find the video, it's definitely a language warning. <laughs> but let the, let the Kitty go to bed, and, and then. <laughs> but um, no, she she left very very quickly. I followed her up the street as quickly as I could. First, there were police following her. I think to see where she was going. They gave up once I broke through that barrier. She was gone. So I just I couldn't get to her, uh, which was unfortunate and, and after I uh, shared the video to social media, uh, many people asked me who she was. they wanted to run for office. you know they oh, wanted yeah. to hire her so uh, I, I'm hoping that the video makes the rounds and, and people see it and uh, and she comes forward at some point. But
1: we're talking so to Ellie sorry. Buffkin. I'd like to get her on my radio show, Ellie. Uh, we're talking to Ellie Buffkin. <laughs> She's a columnist at townhall.com. She also is a news, a breaking news reporter at the Washington Examiner. The video we were just talking about, check it out at townhall.com on Ellie Buffkin, B U F K I N, her, uh, her byline there. Um, so, um, are you staying undercover? I mean, uh, you're, you you do not have a, you know, you know, I'm sure you're not wearing a townhall.com t shirt, but, uh, have you made <laughs> it paper, known that you're I with am- the, well, pardon me? Yes. Yeah.
2: I think that uh, I think that the safest thing in this situation is to make it extremely obvious that you're with the media. Um, you know, uh, there, I don't know what's going to happen in an unstable situation, in particular when I'm on my own. I just want everyone to know that I'm I'm here in a non-political way. I'm here to cover this, you know, for the town hall. So I have my I don't have a town hall T-shirt, but I uh, I have a lanyard that says media and town hall on it, and oh, okay. uh, and I wear that. Uh, so i haven 't had any issues fortunately i 've been, I've been you know cautious and i 've been very lucky um, but yeah no i, I don 't think undercover is the way to cover this um, again it 's so unstable and people are very, very emotional and I think you know for the sake of my own safety and the sake of preserving the integrity of the reporting i 'm making it extremely obvious that i 'm a member of the press
1: yeah and, and how how what does that mean um, do, are, do you notice that people are um, aware of the difference between you uh at, for com and somebody covering for the washington post you know the, the liberal conservative thing or to, are people not paying that much attention nobody
2: seems to be paying that much attention i would say um i'm obviously not traveling with a camera crew or a van i, I don't have a you know very obvious i'm with a very conservative you know website painted on me anywhere so unless these protesters um, or rioters or looters or whoever happens to be in the mix uh, know what town hall is and, and the type of material that we produce, um, I really don't feel like it's an issue. Uh, I haven't had anybody put it together that I'm, I'm wearing this. I was uh, wearing a, a T-shirt with the Federalist logo on it the other day uh, at a protest, and nobody seemed to notice that either. So,
1: <laughs> Are you packing heat?
2: I, I'm not. Uh, you know, I don't know the rules. <laughs>
1: yeah, okay, i, I, I just traveling
2: and carrying, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: so what, what kind of feel have you been able to get for um, uh, how it breaks down between, you know, the number of, the percentage, I guess, is a way to put it, of peaceful protesters and looters and rioters? You know, who's who and how many of each faction?
2: Um, I would say they're definitely separate, and most of who I've encountered have been actual protesters, uh, which have been a pretty good mix uh, race-wise. But they, they don't seem to have any other intention other than peacefully marching. And that seems to be something that they're very adamant about declaring. So when they speak to their, to their group, to the gathered people, they say, we're not here to cause trouble. You don't need to have guns to, you know, watch over us. We're going to be okay, but we want to say what we want to say. I haven't personally seen the looters, the dangerous people, but my understanding is, and what the groups keep saying is that they come out later, that they show up and kind of under the cover of these protests, start using that as an excuse to commit crimes, to rob stores, to break windows, to graffiti all over the city, whatever they want to do. So I think there's at least three sort of factions happening here. Like the protesters, um, the antifa the militant people who just want to cause harm no matter what and then there's actual just criminals who just want to show up and steal as much stuff Mm -hmm. as they can so there's at least that
1: what's been your impression uh just in general and not necessarily breaking it down by city but what's been your impression of of how the police have been handling it
2: uh I think it's interesting because, again, every city is different. You're right. Um, In D.C., I will say the presence was the heaviest. Um, Now, that was on Monday, which became kind of a notorious day because that's when the president walked over to St. John's Church through Lafayette Park. When I was downtown in that area, the National Guard was already there. The park police were already there. The D.C. police were already there. Um, and at DEA was around as well. So there was a lot of law enforcement presence in DC and they were very serious blocking off many, many streets, um, uh, many thoroughfares, uh, walkways, memorials, and that kind of thing. Uh, in Philadelphia, it was, well, I'll start Baltimore. I forgot Baltimore. I saw almost no police. I saw like five cars blocking off roads when I first got into the city uh, and then, then I understood that there were a lot of police near the city hall where the protesters ended up. Um, I didn't get too close to that area. And I know that there were some police who uh, on that evening also, you know, were kneeling with the protesters, but as far as actually interacting with law enforcement, I think it was very, very calm in Baltimore. In Philadelphia, the Pennsylvania national guard was out. And that's who was the prime target of the verbal um, protesting that was being done during the day when I was near City Hall. So that was toward the National Guard. The historic part of Philadelphia where Independence Hall is uh, was being very cautiously guarded by park police. So they didn't want protesters anywhere near, you know, the monuments to liberty and independence that sit in Philadelphia. And I, I really appreciated that because yeah. seeing a statue of George Washington defaced in New York City today really set me, Back. like that was tough to see but yeah. seeing something hey, like hey, Hellie, i'm out of time between-
1: i'm oh, out of time i have 30 se- seconds left it's always good to have you on uh, enjoy the rest of your trip if that's the right word and come back safely thank you of course and we'll be right back
8: with srn news i'm john scott a memorial for george floyd has concluded in minneapolis Lloyd family members remembered George Floyd as a caring person. More services will be held in different cities across the U.S. A judge has had bailed at $750,000 apiece for three former Minneapolis police officers charged with aiding and abetting in the death of George Floyd. The Minneapolis Police Department fired them last week and they were arrested on Wednesday. Bystander video shows a fourth officer, Derek Chauvin pressing his knee to Floyd's neck until he stops moving. Stocks ending mixed on Wall Street after a day of wavering, ending a four-day winning streak. The Dow was up nearly a dozen points today. The Nasdaq dropped 67 and the S&P 500 down 10 points. This is SRN News.
5: It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining and bloating again and again. No way. Maybe it's occasional constipation. Maybe it's not.
3: You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stomachs. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking S and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Maybe it's not occasional constipation. Learn more at linzess.com or call one 800 N Z E S S. You may be able to talk to a doctor online. Visit linzess.com. sponsored by Allergan and Ironwood.
0: If you're listening to this radio station right now, you're being inundated with information about the coronavirus pandemic. Some of this information is alarming. You need to know now how to protect your family. Every host on this station is here to help. We're here to keep you informed, keep you calm, and most of all, keep you safe. Yeah, there are lots of places to go for information, but there's one place you can always trust. This is it. And we'll never be in lockdown. AM 1250, The Answer. This is John Samick, owner of Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. All of our cleaning and disinfection services use hospital grade, EPA registered products. Contact us to provide peace of mind for your employees.
6: The man, the yellow man. Call Service Master. This is
0: John Samick, owner of Service Master Greater Pittsburgh. Our specialty cleaning services can provide the peace of mind your customers and employers need as your business reopens. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master Greater Pittsburgh and schedule a consultation today. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire, at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. Relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief
4: that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at ReliefFactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just nineteen ninety-five. That's less
8: than a dollar
4: a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. Be the next
0: success story. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP. Pittsburgh. W- 3CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune iHeart or Radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer.
5: On the Parkway East, slowing down outbound as you approach the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Also, the off-ramps shut down from the Parkway East to Grand Street. That because of ongoing protest activity, looks like that protest is now at the Birmingham Bridge. On the inbound Parkway North, a crash is off to the shoulder at Mount Nebo Road. Parkway West slowing just a little bit inbound as you approach the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Transformer explosion, Nottingham Drive at Longbow Drive in Churchill. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM
7: 1250, the answer, weather. There's a severe thunderstorm watch, 249, in effect throughout this evening. Otherwise, for tonight, a shower or thunderstorm in the area. Patchy clouds during the evening, followed by areas of low clouds with a low 67. Humid tomorrow with sun and clouds. An afternoon shower or thunderstorm around with a high of 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick.
0: Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer.
1: Hey, how about we spend a few minutes not talking about demonstrations, riots, uh, the coronavirus. One of my favorite subjects is government waste, and that's why Adam Angievski is one of my favorite guests exposing it in his life's work at OpenTheBooks.com. He also writes for Forbes.com. Adam, thanks for being here again.
9: John, thank you very much for your interest in our work. It's great to be back.
1: So the subject uh, uh, today is the benefits that come with being a member of Congress. So let's start with the, uh, we'll go through the five major benefits that everybody gets, uh, starting with salary.
9: So first off, everybody listening to the program this afternoon needs to understand that if you're elected to the United States House of Representatives or the Senate, this is a rare and exclusive club. Uh, since the founding of the country, we were able to quantify 550 million Americans since 70, 1776. Uh, there's 330 million of us uh, in the country right now, which tells you what the stakes are. There's more mm-hmm. Americans uh, in the country now than that there's ever been, um, a majority. Uh, but there's only been 10,000 citizens ever elected to the House. And the Senate is an even more exclusive club and about 1,300 people that have ever been elected to the United States Senate. Uh, and this club, John, certainly certainly has its benefits.
1: Yeah, that's like we're talking about 250 years. That's a small club. Um, so uh, they make they make good money. Well, the
9: House Speaker makes the most. So Nancy Pelosi, she makes two hundred and twenty three thousand, uh, mm-hmm. and she out earns all the U.S. senators. She out earns everybody. Uh, the uh, regular members of Congress earn one hundred seventy four thousand, and these salaries are important, John, because uh, it drives their lifetime pension payouts once they retire.
1: Hmm. Yeah, the pension. Um you know a lot not many people get a really good pension after only five or six years, but they do
9: yeah, they really do so uh, after five years, you actually invest in a pension and you can take that pension as early as age fifty now the normal uh the normal year that the pension is taken is age sixty two If you take your pension at age fifty, you have to have twenty five years of federal service in to take that pension at age 50. But at age 62, you can take a pension, and it's roughly uh, two $2,000 for every year that you've served. So let's say you've been in there for for 25 years, your pension's at $50,000. Not bad. Well, wow. you know, I'd feel a lot better about the pension, uh, maybe, but, but uh, here's the deal. You and I, we fund it, we guarantee mm-hmm. it, and we don't get to see it, John, incredibly... Yeah,
1: yeah, explain that. Nobody, so you don't get the, to see how much they make.
9: In the state of Pennsylvania, um, you can see pension payouts. As a matter of fact, we aggregate all those at the local and state level, you know, the, the retirement systems in, across the state of Pennsylvania, and what public, employee, what public employees are when they retire, what they're getting. Uh, we don't get to see that at the federal level. Those retirement annuity payouts are not subject to, to the federal freedom of information act that needs to change
1: so um uh why would they want to be so secretive about it
9: <laughs> well they just don't want you at any level of the federal government they want to take your money guarantee their lifetime pensions and they they simply don't want to show you what's going on on um, this this is a real problem uh uh you know you know, it's Article 1, Section 9 of the United States Constitution that says that a statement and account of the receipts and expenditures of all public money shall be published from time to time, except when it comes to federal retirement annuities for public employees.
1: Now, I, I wonder if you, if you know the answer to this. I'll throw it out at you. Um, 174000 bucks a year for a congressman, that's still pretty good money, um, and... Uh, it's, it puts you in the top one percent of earners, I'm sure. But um, how, how has the the salary for a Congressperson um, increased over the years? If you go back to the you know the 1860s, were they making then the equivalent of 174 thousand dollars a year compared to everybody else? Were they were they or were they making money that was more um, was closer to what the average person was making?
9: So, John, you, you're a good interview, and you, you've asked me a question that I that I don't know, but I think it's very very interesting, and we're gonna we're gonna put our auditors on that and research it. Here's yeah. here's also what we found. Because that's a lot of money, uh, of, Adam. 170.
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a that's a good. Not that many people make 175 thousand bucks a year.
9: That's right, and they can even make more because here's what we found. Outside income is supposed to restrict it, but we we found that that rule comes with a massive loophole. For example, who knew Who knew that you can be an elected member of Congress and be employed by a federal contractor located in your district whose executives and employees are your number one campaign contributor? Nice. But that's exactly what we found. We found that uh, Rep- Congressman Jim Cooper, he's a Democrat out of Tennessee, he was employed by Vanderbilt University for 13 years. He was paid a grand total of $250,000 in salary during that period. And just in the past five years, the university has received over $2.5 billion in federal contracts, grants, and direct payments. The powerful congressman serves on the Budget Committee and the House uh, Oversight and Government Reform Committee, uh, you know they're supposed to be the ethics czars,
3: mm-hmm. and uh,
9: Vanderbilt's located in his district, and their executives and employees are number one campaign contributor. Even the chancellor of the school gave him five figure donations.
1: Yeah, they uh, that comes about twenty thousand bucks a year. That's a nice little side check to add to your yeah. your one seventy four. That's um, yeah, you up close it's, to it's more than That's the money.
9: It, as you know, it's about clout, and it's right, about right. you know uh, cementing your your. Uh, your your position there uh, locally
1: we're talking to adam Angievsky. you can find his stuff at openthebooks.com and at forbes.com um so um I, you have an interesting story in your piece uh, about jesse jackson jr he actually i think he did some jail time but he's done okay financially the last few years as a result of having well, been in congress and stolen money
9: well, he has. So, um, members of Congress are covered under workers' compensation benefits, so workers' compensation insurance and the and the federal social security disability insurance programs. So, this was back in 2012 and uh Congressman Jesse Jackson Jr., you know, he knew he was going to be indicted by federal authorities for um you know, and eventually he was convicted for using about $750,000 in campaign funds for unlawful expenditures, including vacations. He purchased celebrity memorabilia and other uh, items personally out of his campaign using campaign dollars, uh, which was illegal. Um, So he was indicted, but before he was indicted, he claimed that Congress made him mentally ill. Oh, he was yeah. successful with his argument, and he Congress started receiving. Congress makes me
1: mentally
9: ill. <laughs> he uh, he started receiving one hundred thirty eight thousand four hundred dollars in workers' comp and social security disability benefits stemming from his quote unquote bipolar disorder and depression. And uh, we estimate, if he's still receiving those payments today, uh, the Chicago Tribune did this investigation back in twenty sixteen and seventeen. So if Jackson's still getting it today, he's received about $1 million worth of these payments.
1: Now, uh, Adam, how much would he have been making a year then, just for, for nothing, especially after he had been basically drummed out of Congress for for being a crook? How much, how right, much so would he he was, he
9: was getting about 80% of his hundred seventy four grand. <sighs> he was getting $138,000 a year on disability insurance payments.
1: Boy, you know, I would like to see something. I mean, you don't see Jesse Jackson much anymore, but but what I like to see him sitting for a nice interview and have somebody lay that on him. By the way, Jesse, how do you feel about your son who stole seven hundred fifty thousand um, dollars? How do you feel about him making eighty, you know, eighty about what one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year for doing nothing and the taxpayers paying for it? I, I, this is, I don't think anybody would ever ask him about that. So um,
9: these are these are hard questions,
1: John. Yeah, He's right. not
9: interviewed by guys like you.
1: Right. What's the pin that they get to wear?
9: <laughs> well, that gets them around all the lines. So a member of Congress, you never have to wait in lines, security lines, all the lines. They flash that pin. They love that pin. When you see them on, on the cable news um, stations, they're always wearing that pin. It mm-hmm. it separates them and differentiates our members of Congress, our betters, as Mitch Daniels calls
1: them, from
9: the rest of us.
1: So it's on the, wear it on the lapel.
9: That's right. They wear it right on their suits so they can, uh, they can move quickly and get around all the lines. Look, they also get uh, you know license plate, which allows free parking. Sometimes in need legal parking zones. Uh, we, the people, the taxpayer, we subsidize 72% of their health insurance. They, uh, they get a great little perk up there on Capitol Hill. There's a wonderful gym membership. It's 25 bucks a month. Uh, it comes with a swimming pool, sauna, steam room, paddle ball. Uh, there's an on-site beauty salon. They uh, they have a member-dedicated de- subway to shuttle them around Capitol Hill. They uh, In the Senate, they have a nice little park. They've hired doormen for their elevators, They whose job it is to hit the buttons and hold the doors. And there's so many of these guys that over the course of the past five years, we estimate Taxpayers have paid ten million dollars in salaries for these doormen.
1: Yeah, so let's just let's run that by everybody again. Ten million dollars in the last five years, so that uh, so for someone to push the buttons in an elevator, basically,
9: and hold the door. John,
1: do they have to ride the elevator? Is it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you I know, is like it like the old <laughs> elevator operators, or do they just? Is it just holding the door. I mean, because because uh, uh, you wouldn't want to have them actually have to push the you know the buttons for the individual floors when they're in the elevator,
9: right? Especially during coronavirus times, <laughs> they're making the doorman push that button. So oh, so here's the deal: they don't have that in the house, but the Senate, you know, they got the six-year term; they're not oh, so yeah. influenced by public opinion. <laughs> so they've got elevator doormen to hit those buttons and hold the doors for them.
1: Yeah. Uh, Ten million dollars over five years. So right. according to my math, that's two million dollars a year are being spent for doormen. They must be making a pretty good buck.
9: Well the supervisors make six figures. So there's not only uh elevator doormen, but there are even elevator doormen supervisors and they make uh they make a hundred thousand dollars a year.
1: Oh uh, boy! Well, somebody's got to train them how to push the buttons, you know, and, and make sure they're pushing <laughs> the right button. So, so I, I am a hello. I am a uh, a elevate a doorman supervisor. At, where would I be at the Capitol Building? Is that where I'm working?
9: That's right. You're there, right on Capitol Hill. You're in the Senate offices, and and uh, you help shuttle those U.S. senators up and down the floors uh, from their offices to uh, you know get them around the uh, around Capitol Hill.
1: Now, uh, something a little bit more serious than all this, what about the fund to pay off sexual harassment claims? What do we know and not know about that right now?
9: Yeah, so, you know, this is one of those opaque areas, right, of the federal budget. So administered to the Office of Compliance, which sounds very Orwellian, monies from this fund are paid to settle workplace disputes. And uh, we looked all the way back to 1997, Total payouts are about $18 million. The average uh, case, there was about 300 cases. They settled out during that period for about an average of sixty four grand. So the settlements were material. Uh, in 2018, that's the last disclosed year of any, any data. There was 10 cases settled for a total payout, payout of about $350,000. Um, you know, I mean, I, we just think this is absolutely outrageous. You should open the books on that entire slush fund. Uh, we should open those books and get them audited, and let the American people know what we've paid for.
1: Yeah, but uh, I, this is that is really a you know there's a lot of stupid things in here like ten million dollars for doormen, but this is a pretty serious thing, especially with what's going on in 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 uh, in the news today with sexual harassment and and uh, and and all the stuff that's going on with politicians in that uh, line of. Uh, just what they're doing with that stuff trying to say what what I mean um, how is it that they're continually able to not disclose that stuff
9: well congress they uh they write the rules and so they've written them in themselves this slush fund to settle their own office disputes and um, if they're going to do that, I think we need full transparency
1: well again, I wonder why all these all the times that these people are interviewed, why nobody has made a habit of asking each one every time they talk to them. By the way, what are you? what's going on with that, uh, that uh, slush fund? Have you had any uh, uh, progress on getting that to be made public? And just on both parties, just ask them. They, they're never asked so, about it, are they?
9: So at the peak of the Me Too movement, I think that broke in uh, in, yeah, yeah. in the fall of 2018. So Ron DeSantis and we were involved in reviewing the legislation and, and giving him feedback on it. When Ron DeSantis, the current governor of Florida, was in Congress, uh, he wrote the piece of legislation to open up that slush fund to transparency, and it went nowhere. Wow!
1: Well, so, it's, uh, so that means that's, it's being it's being prevented from going anywhere by that's right both parties. His
9: colleagues in both parties they wanted nothing to do with opening up and seeing and putting uh, the white hot spotlight of sunshine on that fund. They wanted nothing to do with it.
1: Well, I'm finishing up here uh, with Adam uh, Angiewski of uh, OpenTheBooks.com. Uh, before you go, what's your next project? What's the next thing we can be looking for? What are you working on? Oh,
9: this is a good one. Um, okay, two things. So, John, real quick, there's a transparency problem in Pennsylvania. We're getting uh, rejection letters on our Freedom of Information Act request in Pennsylvania amongst the colleges and universities. We simply want to know uh, the salaries at your colleges, and they're rejecting our letter. They're saying that uh, salaries at colleges and universities are exempt from your Open Records Act in Pennsylvania. And if that's the case, that law needs to change.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good one. And then our, I'd like to...
9: our next report is is where's the pork? We're mapping $2.3 trillion in federal grants over a three-year period.
1: <laughs> I like it when you come out with the pork. I appreciate that. Hey, uh, Adam, I always like having you on, and today you were a good break from all this other stuff. And uh, even though this stuff should make people mad, it's uh, it also – there's some humor involved in it because it's so ridiculous. But I, I I appreciate the work that you do, and always good to have you on the show.
9: Thank you, John. Thanks for your interest in our work.
1: Okay, and that's Adam NGFski. Check it out at OpenTheBooks.com, and you can check Adam out at Forbes.com. We'll be back. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit Windows or Us, Pittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsOrUsPittsburgh.com. Windows or Us, Pittsburgh. Dot com.
2: And then I found Trinity.
6: Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save
2: thousands. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. I mean, in a matter of three years, we've already paid down $20,000 in credit card debt, which
6: is huge. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976.
4: If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can
5: afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only 9000 Or go to SelectQuote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474.
4: Select Quote. We shop, you save.
5: Get full details on the example policies at SelectQuote.com commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issue and company and other factors. Not available in all states. Gold.
7: It's soaring. Are you missing it? If you have an IRA or 401k, you probably are. Less than 1% hold physical gold. We've been told by Wall Street it's for crazy people. Really? What's crazy about an asset that beats stocks two to one? I'm Adam Barada, national best-selling author of the book, Gold is a Better Way, owner of Advantage Gold and Inc. 5000 member and highest rated gold IRA firm in the world. Gold is booming because gold is really about debt and global debt is a pandemic. If you have an IRA or 401k, I want to give you my book for free. That's right. Free. Text GOLD to 49776. That's the word GOLD to 49776. Learn why gold will outperform pumped up stocks from this point forward. Turn your IRA into a wealth growth machine. Text the word GOLD to 49776. It's time to stop being crazy. Text GOLD to 49776.
0: The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250. The Answer.
1: Well, Drew Brees apologized. Yesterday he said he did not uh, agree with anybody who kneels during the uh, playing of the National Anthem before a game. And he got trashed by lots of people in the media. And uh, today he apologized, says he was insensitive. And uh, that's okay. He's allowed to do it. He's allowed to say what he said in the first place, and he's allowed to apologize for it. But I just have a question. I may do more on this either in a column or maybe talk about it tomorrow, but uh, I don't have enough time today. I just wonder what the reaction would be from the media if a player were to show up on the sidelines right as the National Anthem is playing and hold up a picture of an aborted baby. Uh, I just wonder if his uh, right to speak and right to right to demonstrate that during the National Anthem would be as uh, well supported as uh, Colin Kaepernick's has been among the liberal sports media. I have a feeling it wouldn't be. It's just me. We'll talk about that maybe more tomorrow. I may do that in a column, but uh, out of time for today. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you uh, and talk to Yin's guys tomorrow.
0: The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.